Hey everyone, before we get into today's podcast, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll get you... Uh, will help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is that you can get all of this for just $15 a month. It's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com front slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find more. I will link it in there. And that is bwhustle.com slash join. I will say my other podcast, Thompson to Clark, we are a part of the Hustle program. So if you uh, if you have any questions about that too, you can also hit me up, gg at fightgamemedia.com. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. We are a day later than we normally are because of the holiday. But, John, we're still doing it. We're still going to talk the uh, Brody Lee Tribute Show. We'll talk about NXT. We're not going to be too critical of either of these shows just because of the, you know, of the, of the emotion of, of, of the week and of that AEW show. We'll still kind of talk a little bit about some things, but... Um, Man, what a what a week! What a what a sad week! That Wednesday's show with uh, the Brody Lee tribute was really emotional. I mean, you're 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 a very you're an openly emotional person. That is just part of your uh, your character. I think so. Also, part of what makes uh, people really like you. But like how like how did you deal with that show? Just based on you know all the things. That uh, that they were doing with the kid and, and and the wife and everything. Yeah, I finally watched it today. Um, I was gonna try to watch it on New Year's Eve, but it just <laughs> that light that night went longer than we thought because you know we actually celebrate early, like nine o'clock, you know, East Coast oh, yeah, time. Exactly, that's what we did too. We so and I, but it kind of went longer than that and longer, and I was like, "There's no way." And then, um, I kind of skimmed through a lot of the matches because I, you know. We're not going to critique the matches. It's just it's not not the place to critique the matches. It's not about that, right? It's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really wanted to watch all the um, all the what the guys are saying and, and how you know all that kind of stuff. And the ending was great. Uh, I just kept hugging my kids, you know, yeah, yeah, and kissing them. And then um, um, Katrina walked in. She, my daughter Chloe, was at my in laws, and she went to go pick her up and came in and. I like my eyes are all watering. I'm watching mm-hmm. that the, the final scene, you know, with the music video and then the the family and everything, and uh, you know, just you know, as a father and a husband, it just it just kills me, you know. And that's why I kept thinking about once once I saw the kids and the wife 
right on the screen the first first moment of the show really just got the emotions going pretty hard because you know it's just i mean especially the, the littlest one too who doesn't know you know like i mean i'm sure he knows his dad's not you know went to heaven or whatever yeah they, yeah, they yeah believe but but i you know he just does probably doesn't really know no yet that just that just kind of i don't know kills me you know and then i mean great job on aew they did a, a tremendous job on you know honoring him and put him on this special event uh also for the for the family too, you know, and that was a great way to honor the son at the end, and you know, I thought they did a the hell of a job. They went above and beyond. So last uh, yesterday, uh, we did I did a show with Chris Samsa. So if you're you're wondering like why are you guys doing back to back shows? So the reason why I did the show with Chris Samsa, I wanted to talk to him anyways, but I knew that John and I were going to have to postpone our show and uh, and that's a little bit more of like a hardcore you know we're, we're previewing wrestle kingdom you know so mm. that's a th- this is going to be a little different we're, we're going to mostly talk about you know just the, the tribute and such um but i think so i was watching this show and the week was already hard like i was literally on a call with big dave doing wrestling observer radio we had just finished uh, talking to Jim Ross and we're talking to Jim Ross, you know, not too long after his hero, Danny Hodge passes away and Jim's Jim's had to deal with so much. And he even said so on the show that we did, you know, it all started with uh, when, when his wife, um, you know, when, when his wife was hit by the car. And so he was, you know, I, I, I was a little worried about him because, you know, he's been through a lot, uh, but he was great. And literally we hang up the, the call with him and Dave and I are going to then do, you know, a few more minutes of other stuff. And I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see the AEW graphic and I'm like, okay, my, what am I seeing? Like, like Dave, Dave and I are kind of planning the rundown for some of the other things. And I'm like, wait, hold on, Dave. And he's like, whoa, like he, he hears it in my voice and he, you know, he doesn't like not knowing stuff. <laughs> so he's like, what, 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 what? And I'm like, I think Brody Lee passed. And so he's just like, oh my God. And so we had to sit there with that moment, you know, to kind of like, think, okay, what are we going to do? Like, we're just doing the show. We can't put up a show with this news out here and not mention it on the show. So that was really hard. Like just trying to formalize some thoughts on something that happened so suddenly and it's not, you know, he had an illness uh, now, now that we know the information that came out. So it's not like he, like, this was a surprise for the people close to him, but we didn't know anything. So it was just like, it felt all of a sudden. And so to, to kind of have to create those words, and I don't even really remember what I said. I just remembered that I didn't start with a normal intro because of the seriousness of the of the issue. And then so since that day, you know, I've kind of been like just I mean, you know, dealing with the the passing of someone, you know, that you're a fan of or that you cover or whatever. It's not like he and I were were, were best friends, but it's more like just the the wrestling industry, you know, in general was so was so uh, frustrated and sad. And you would see you saw it from both sides. WWE guys who had you know because Brody Lee was there like eight years or something mm-hmm. uh, as as Luke Harper. With WWE, so he, you know, has so many relationships there, and then the AEW relationships, and it was just like 
you're just constantly seeing it over and over and over. Like you, you couldn't be on Twitter without seeing something about it. So by the time this show happened, I was like, Oh, I don't want to see any wrestling matches. Like I just want to see, you know, I want to see the walkouts and I want to see the interviews. I want to see the video packages, but I was like, Oh, I don't want to like wrestling matches just seem so unimportant right now Mm -hmm. in the whole scheme of things. But then the way that they structured these matches where it was basically all dark order winning and then doing their tribute to, uh, to, to Brody Lee, I thought that did add to everything. And I thought that was very well done at the same time, even though like you, I didn't really like, it's kind of hard to, cause when you watch a match, then you want to critique it. Then, you know, you want to see what's, what's going on and what's next. And I didn't want to think like that in any way while I was watching this show. Yeah. And we, we did actually discussed it. Um, God, earlier in the week, um, we, we, I even talked about like not really going to critique AEW. And I'm like, yeah, I'm already, I was already in that mindset, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause there's no, and then there's just, it's not the show for that. You know, next week, yeah, we'll be back into our normal routine, but, um, this show, you know, the, the matches were the matches and um, they were all the honor, you know, Brody Lee, uh, John Huber. And um, um, I the theme of the matches were all I think they all won with his finisher or, mm-hmm. or not, not other than like I think Anna Jay won with her finisher. But, you know, like the spinning clothesline yeah. and some of the moves yeah, the or they did moves that Brody Lee would do in a ring like the you know head and arm suplex and stuff like that and um so that was cool and um um but like I just found myself kind of zoning out during the matches because I don't know why I just I just go just mostly thinking about what the the reality of the situation you know kids are left fatherless you know with now and and a mother's less without her husband and I don't know. It just was too much. Well, it's too much. But I thought, like I said, I thought AEW did went above and beyond as they should have, and you know they did a great job. So John Moxley starts the show off with his promo, and we've talked about how believable he is as a wrestling promo. And man, he was the perfect guy to start this thing off because you know everybody remembers the Shield and the Wyatt family, and he and you know, John, go go even further back than that. But that's kind of, I think what people would remember was that feud. And, you know, Moxley was just so good. I, I had actually reached out to him during the week and just, you know, just said, you know, it sucks, it's a terrible situation. So sorry, you know, about, you know, the thing. And like his, his response back was something to the effect of like, it just feels like it doesn't even feel real. Like, you know, it, it was it was a few days after, and he was just like just does it like, you know. And he had, he did an interview with uh, Sports Illustrated, and uh, you know, sort sort of the similar sentiment. Um, but yeah, he's the, like I thought he was the perfect guy to open this thing up with. And you know what was interesting? AEW is Tony and Cody and the Bucks and Kenny, and the Bucks and Kenny. I don't imagine that they really knew him very well and so they kind of like stayed quiet right because you would you would think oh you know they're they're like the important acts and and i guess because kenny actually has a pretty over-the-top wrestling character right now you know he would kind of be breaking character and such but i thought it was the smart thing to do like okay like the bucks and kenny probably not like 
the closest of the close to John. So let's let the people who, who really know John well. And so you saw Eddie Kingston, who was amazing. Like he had some, uh, was just so touching Chris Jericho as, as well. And I thought that was, you know, this is a whole thing of, you know, thoughtfulness. And when I watched this show, my first thought was, I think I even texted Big Dave. I was like, that's the classiest wrestling show I've ever seen. And then I, and then I said, you know what? Classy is probably not the right word. I said, you know, because classy could be just, you know, maybe it's it's a little bit more thoughtful than it is classy. It is cl- it's classy as well, but I thought thoughtful might have been the better word or special. And like that is all those guys at the top, you know, like uh, Tony Khan having a show and then going like, nope, this is not right. I need to redo it and, and make it right for the family. And, um, and, and so, you know, I thought like there were touches of of these things throughout the show, but there's so much thought put in to putting this show together. And look, you know, we've mentioned it before, you know, he, he's been a, a booker for what, a year and a half, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's things that he is still kind of learning on the fly. Not like I know, like I'm, I'm not somebody who's done it, but you, you've done it. But just the thought put into this, it was like another level of, of just, thoughtfulness and um just really selflessness in a sense because i know that he works so hard on doing this just from a time perspective so mm-hmm. oh yeah just uh yeah just just so much so much thought put in and you know i'm sure there were other people involved all you know the the evps were i'm sure involved cody you know was was a big part of that at the end there as well um when it came to the video packages that last video package where they ran through all of those photos even with some of those wwe guys it was so great the one and this is i'm not even i'm not being critical but the one thing i wanted was I, i was like i was like wanting to push pause on my tv so I could hang on those pictures a little bit longer because some of them went through so quickly. And I was like, wait, who's that? Wait, who's that? Mm-hmm. And um, I wish I wish the video was just a little bit longer. And Tony Khan said that he purchased the rights to that song basically forever. So as long as AEW has, you know, television or, or has that video package somewhere, um, that that it's it's not you know you're not gonna hear a different song when that video package plays. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was good. They, uh, I mean, I mean, he of course he had to change this, this show. I mean, his you know one of his employees passed away. That just was featured on his show. I mean, I I would I would hope that he would change the whole show around and you know. Well, I think what he I think what he had originally was okay. We're gonna do the Brody thing. But we've built up mm-hmm. night one of New Year's Smash. Yeah. And so we're going to still incorporate all of this stuff, but also make it a Brody show. And then I think he figured out, like, they can't even do that. They got to no, scrap yeah. everything. It's hard to do, especially if someone that's, like I said, in your, you know, your employee, you know, that was just, like I said, just featured a few months ago on your television show, who's been... F- featured in big time and your you know your your year of 2020 they they had a it's you can't just do a normal show and you can't do a normal show and do an and and also 
honor him at the same time. It's like, you mm-hmm. got to make it all about him. And you know, that's, they did a great job. I thought, yeah, that was the right call. And it's okay to, you know, push things back. It's not gonna hurt anything. And, um, you know, that's the, there's, there's time for that stuff, you know, coming up in the next few weeks and there's no, there's no, uh, the rush to yeah, get it done this week, you know? So, um, you can always change things on the fly. So it's, it's he made the right call for sure. As a dad of some, uh, some youngsters, what, what did you think of, uh, how, Brody Jr. was used, you know, he was able to hit MJF with the mm-hmm. with the stick and the head and then at the end, you know, he gets the title. And my first instinct was my and this is always my first instinct when it comes to my children is I want to protect them because there's going to be some jackass on Twitter saying, you know, what is this little kid doing on TV hitting this guy in the head? I'm sure there were very few, but there you you know that there was some you know a few a few of those. People oh, there's trolls out there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as I watched it, I was like, okay, that's probably not the right thing because what they're going for here is if Brody Jr. ever wants to remember this night or his dad, like how he wants to vision who his father was which, you know, that vision stops at, at such a young age that he could always replay this and, and just get put right back to this moment. And then he can remember this moment. I, so I thought that overall, I thought that was the right thing. But initially, I was a little like I was almost like uh, trying to protect the child going, no, the child doesn't need to be involved in this. But then I thought, you know what? Like, he's always going to have this mm-hmm. and he can just replay it like it doesn't even have to be a memory it's literally something he could dial up at any point in his life yeah yeah i didn't think it was i didn't think they used him or exploited him or anything you know mm-hmm. i thought i thought you know it's probably what he wanted probably what Brody lee or john heber would want you know like and he's, the kids seem to hold it all together you know during this time and yeah um you know which you know this is a, you know, he's a good little man, you know, he's, I'm sure he has a lot to deal with and he's able to go out there and do all that. And, um, he's always going to remember that night and always remember how much people care about his dad and stuff. So yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I thought, you know, I didn't, I didn't mind the whole, it's, I, I didn't hate it. You know, when he hit NGF with the, with the kendo stick or anything like that, you know, I mean, that's, that's not the, it's not the show to, to hate something like that. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not. So, and there, and those trolls out there that would say that, you know, they're such a small group. I'm, I wouldn't. Yeah. I think so too. Guys. Yeah. I, I totally, I think so. I think even the, some trolls could even realize what they were doing, you know, but the <laughs> ones that are just evil to the core, the black hearts, they probably don't understand it. Um, so yeah, so th- things will be back to normal. You know, they're gonna they push back New Year Smash and now NXT and AEW uh, run head to head with two big shows next week, which it's gonna be a really fun night. Now, yeah. I-, I will say before we talk about NXT, um, I tried to watch NXT the next morning, and I was still kind of like not in the greatest mood to watch wrestling, so. I wish I would have waited a few days because by today, as of we're recording this, which is Friday night, I was totally fine 
watching matches again. But so, you know, I didn't watch NXT as closely as we generally would have just because I was still kind of like, you know, trying to deal with what we had seen the night before. But I was generally fine with NXT. Like, did you have any before we get before we get to our break? Did you have any uh, real negative things about it uh, as far as the show is concerned? I had like one negative and a well, two negatives, but other than that, I thought it was a really good show. Actually, I thought it was really strong. Um, from uh, you know, for a go home quote unquote show um, to their big uh, New Year's Evil show next week, I thought they did a great job and get me excited between you know, the video package they did for a lot of the bigger matches, and they also had some good matches on the show and and. Um, you know, there's a, just like one or two things. One was a match. One was a, a little segment. But other than that, I thought I thought they did a pretty had a pretty solid show. All right, quickly uh, wanted to t- quickly talk about bet online. So NBA is back. Football is this is week 17. We'll be in the playoffs next week. So you know, it's a pretty big. It's a pretty big time for sports betting. I read something. I think sports betting is like up a significant level this year. Like obviously because of, uh, you know, there's just more ways to do it now. Like the laws have changed. So there's more places where you can do it. And, um, but also we were in a pandemic. So you're, you're watching stuff and you're kind of bored. I imagine people who uh, are sports bettors were, uh, were probably using that more than ever as a, as a mechanism for entertainment. Um, so you, you know, Head, head to bet online take advantage of all all the great sign up bonuses this is a really good time i'm actually kind of interested i wonder when it comes to sports betting i mean i may, I may have to hit up somebody at bet online to to ask this question but is like the opening week of the season like the biggest betting week for the nfl or is it like playoffs or maybe maybe it's super bowl but I imagine like this is a really good time to jump in with with, uh, with Bet Online. So don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all in one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so let's talk about the NXT show. I will say, I, I want to start with the main event because I have asked you this question time and time again. You know, are we supposed to think? Leon Ruff. Are we supposed to take Leon Ruff seriously? And I thought this was his best match and this was his most confident match to where I'm like, okay, like he's, you know, he was not a joke in this match. Now you have all the outside interference, but that's kind of the gimmick right now. Just people hanging out ringside. And, you know, there's probably a little bit too much of that. I know I, I have a feeling the reason why they're trying to continually dart your eyes from place to place is so that you don't really realize that there's no fans. But um, I, I thought, I thought this was a good match. They built up this Gargano curse throughout the whole match to make you think that, Oh, you know, Leon Ruff might win. Gargano doesn't usually win in the first title defense. And, um, and it was, and, and, and Gargano won the match. Now from the rough point of view, I thought it was his sort of his most, serious performance because I actually thought it's like, Oh, he's, he's 
like he's trying to win this match and such. But what did you think about the execution of the whole thing? Because it was a show long angle. We saw the Garganos and Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell, like all like it seemed like every third or fourth segment we saw them. But what did you think about the execution of the whole thing through the main event? Um, I thought it was good. I felt it felt very Saturday night like, Saturday night main event ish when it came to you, the hokiness of Johnny seeing the black cat don't walking under a ladder or you know those kind of things. It was very Saturday night main event to me. Um, effort it was a little hokey, but I, that's quite kind of that's what I kind of was thinking about it. You know, as that Saturday night's main event stuff. And as the match itself, I thought the match was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, they really played off the previous matches that they had. Um, you know, the crucifix pin, you know, kicking out of that and like, oh, you know, we get caught again. And, you know, this is what Johnny's first match as a singles with the way at ringside. So you really got to establish them and how, how much an advantage that they're going to have for him. Right. Like they're going to give him to going forward. They're always going to be involved, of course, as as heel stables will, especially at ringside. And um, rough itself, you know, we've seen his character grow as more more serious because that's what they're trying to tell with him. First, obviously, he was a job guy, which wasn't focused on at the point. He was just he would go on there and do jobs, you know, you know, put over carrying cross, etc. Um, and then they would gave they gave him this this moment of where he upset Johnny Gargano for North America title but with the help of Damian Priest, and we were, we we're supposed to, you know, he lucked into it, right? Mm-hmm. But as we've gone week to week, he's getting more and more confident. He's 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 slowly losing the wide eyed rookie look. And here he was, you know, had his rematch and it was very serious. I, I like the kid. I, I like Leon Ruff. I think he's uh, I think he's really pretty talented. And I like his little like, um, you know, how he did. He just always does that little cat and mouse game in the corner which mm-hmm. i think he does every match you know which i would like that he didn't do and he didn't do it here but he did a play on it when he went to the the steps to the wall to the you know i thought that was really cool like wait it well, the twist it you know change it up a little bit and um no but i thought it was a really good main event it's, it's, it's at first i was like i was kind of surprised they were in the main event position i i was for some reason i kept thinking about roddy and and pete dunn as mm-hmm. the main event but i mean it was for the title so it makes sense and and they did and they delivered definitely all right, so the the one issue that that I had in the beginning of this show was um, Swerve Scott sort of being sent to the wolves a mm-hmm. little bit. I what wasn't like isn't he on this uh, ascent to you know getting a, a two hundred five title match? Like he had this feud with Jake, Jake Atlas, and it, he seemingly won the feud. And all of a sudden, he's thrown back into the heavyweight ranks. To he didn't, he wasn't a, a jobber per se in this match, but he was clearly there to uh, to give uh, Reed, you know, a, a fairly decent win. But I, I kind of figure, like, you know, you could you could put a bunch of different people in this spot. Why Swerve Scott? Yeah, yeah, that's this is my dislike. Um, the Bronson Reed Swerve Scott match. I just didn't the match itself. I didn't like because I thought you know Bronson just came back. And he's already selling, you know, too much already. And not that Swerve is, you know, like Bronson's a big guy and, and and Swerve has been, you know, booked as a 205 guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know I understand that he's 
I guess he's moving up to the, you know, to guess, guess, quote, unquote, heavyweight ranks or whatever. He's getting moved out of that 205 division. and But he also just turned heel. So, like, why mm-hmm. why, why are you putting him in a position to where after he just turned heel, he's losing right away, right? Um, that was my main concern was the booking of this match. It just, it's just like, like you said, like, there's a <laughs> 18 other guys they could have choose mm-hmm. to be a sacrificial lance for Bronson Reed. And i much rather have, you know, Swerve do a promo on this show instead of wrestling and just being just um, talking about his new attitude change. And, you know, Bronson could be whoever. Um, I also wasn't really impressed with Swerve's heel work in this match. I've seen him work do better as a heel, but this, I don't know, he felt very over the top, um, a little bit over theatrical and his facial expressions. I just wasn't really believing it. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just, I mean, the match wasn't, bad you know i can't say it was bad match it just was the booking was 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 wrong on this mm-hmm. in my opinion all right so what did you think about dunn and roderick strong it looks like pete dunn really is going to be in the mix for the the main title mm-hmm. and earlier in the show uh they showed the uh the undisputed era winning uh adam cole won male competitor of the year and undisputed era won tag team of the year. And they made it clear that the dusty Rhodes uh, classic was coming back and that Adam Cole and Roderick strong were going to be the team to represent the UE. So they basically told you, well, Roddy's going to be working tags. So very clear that, you know, Dunn, at least to me, it was pretty clear that Dunn was going to win this match. But what'd mm-hmm. you think about the whole thing? Uh, yeah, I thought it was, the match was really good. They have really good chemistry. Um, Pete Dunn winning makes sense. Um, you know, he's just turned heel and part of the group, the brand. I'm sure McAfee will probably show up sometime in the future with him. Um, I still think Kyle O'Reilly winning the title at New Year's Evil, I wouldn't do it there. I would do it down the line more uh, with him. So Pete Dunn would be a good next challenger for Finn and Browler if they go that way. So that sets them up a challenger there. I like I like the tease that they did with Balor and him. Um, I liked how you didn't even really get to hear what they were saying. It felt a little more real, you know, instead of like everything so mic'd up and mm-hmm. everything. Um, felt out of nowhere. And But yeah, the match was really good. Shoot. I mean, those guys did some really good, good stuff. Hard hitting and everything you expect from those two. What did you think of Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado showing up on this <laughs> well, show. Now, you know, I, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fair with this in that, you know, I, I gave NXT booking or whatever, you know, slack for bringing Brizongo in as like the, the goofy comedy tag. And I still don't really like them, but you know, they, they've, they've kind of fit in, in a pretty decent way, but I have to say the same thing about these guys, right? Because on the main roster, they're treated as, uh, you know, they're, they're chasing the 24 seven title. And then, you know, the guys that chase the 24 seven title, like how they're treated on that television show. So what did you think of these guys coming in and, uh, and, and jumping in the, the tag scene? Um, ever since the debut of Legata de Fantas, Fantas, Fantasma, I thought for sure they would do, cause they always talk about their Lucha Libre and they're, they're the Kings of Lucha Libre, etc. I always thought the match with the Lucha house party would happen. Right. 
So it does make sense for them to come in here. Um, I thought the, I thought Lindsay Dorado's promo was a little rough in the beginning. So she's like, we're, we've been used to chasing champions around, <laughs> which at first I didn't understand what the hell he's talking about. Then it didn't hit me like, oh, the 24-7 title. <laughs> I probably would have left that out of it. You know, that was kind of stupid. But I, apparently that's Lindsay. He's kind of, you know, Lindsay's Lindsay. So you think what I've been told off script with that line? No, no, I don't know. I don't know what he was. I don't know what he was told, but I just, he's anyways. Um, but you know, I'm sure that for that style, they'll have a good match and everything, you know? So I think they fit. I mean, I think there'll be a, a good match. Him and Grand Metal League and um, Santos Escobar at New Year's Evil. So, you know, at least it gives him a good opponent to his style. You know, they both, they both should have really good chemistry together and, if you like that style, people will be happy with it. So I, let me tell you what my favorite part of the whole show was, which was this video package with Rhea Ripley and uh, Raquel. Now, when I was watching it, I was completely sucked in. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. You know, I didn't really know that they were so close. I didn't know that they were friends. This is so cool. And then after it was over, I was like, Wait, this is the end of the feud. How come we didn't know that they were such close friends at the beginning? Like, at least, you know, I think they they probably both mentioned it, but like, I didn't get hit over the head with the fact that, you know, they were such good friends until right now because of this video package, with that, which I thought was tremendous. But I kind of wish I saw this uh, a, a little bit earlier. I think I think it would have helped a little bit, you know, with that feud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think if. I didn't really know their their friendship unless I guess if you followed them on their social media, you know, a long time ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that um, just I liked the video. I thought this is my favorite part of the show. That, that it was really good stuff. Got me excited for the match. Uh, felt like a, an epic match to see between these two women. And you know, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. That was great. All the stuff they did. They did a great job with Kyle Riley and Finn Balor. I think you thought. The my favorite, Priest. my favorite Kyle O'Reilly, I think. Well, well yeah, was, I mean, this is a show. There. This was a show for the go home promo, right? I, I, you know, I, I've given him a little, little bit of flack for kind of being like the, you know, the the every every man wrestler and all shucks kind of guy. But I thought that that version, that personality, worked really well in in his promo. Well, yeah, like for leading leading into this weeks back. Him coming out more, just being more him, more him, kind of sarcastic, sarcastic Kyle. That's like, that's really him. But, you know, coming out here, this is a time for the money, the, the go home promo, right? You know, the, you know, it's n- enough with the joking around. I'm going to, I'm win that championship. And so I thought they did a great job there. Um, the priest and um, cross brawl, I thought was pretty good. I didn't like how they ended it though, with like Scarlett just laughing. I thought that was kind of. A little too hokey, but other than that, I, I thought well, it was, was, was. I was trying to figure out what she was supposed to be laughing at because didn't she Priest enjoys the get, chaos? I don't get know. the better of that thing. I mean, he reversed whatever he reversed the doomsday, right? Yeah, and, and they fell into like a table, and all the production stuff fell on them. Yeah, it was just weird. I think they just wanted to, a nice little closing mo- shot, and you know, why not put on Scarlet, right? But. uh it just seemed that seemed kind of weird and out of place, but you know, I like the how I like how things were bleeding together, you know, really well, and from one thing to another, and I thought that was really good. So, like I said, all the main matches I got really, really pumped for, and you know, like Santos Escobar and Grand Metal League's a nice little bonus and and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's good. I 
I really like uh, what they're setting up for the future. I, I always like the Dusty Classic, you know, and they have really good tag teams, so it should really be a well-done tournament. I wonder if Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish sneak in that tournament. Think so? Too. I don't know. It'd be kind of cool what they're, what they're the finals, the Undisputed Era versus the Undisputed Era. You know, that'd be interesting. Fish is okay? I, I don't know. I, don't, I think he's hurt, actually. I, I don't know. Yeah. But um, he was hurt in a war game match. Yeah, yeah, I think he got hurt. But, yeah, I'm just saying it, it's in two weeks, so who I don't know how serious is. Oh, they have surgery, so maybe he's not going to be in it. Yeah. But they have a lot of good teams, and it looks like there's no real makeshift team. I guess you could say... In a way, Adam Cole and Roger Strong mm-hmm. are a makeshift team, but they're really a, all one big group, so they're all kind of interchangeable, like the Freebird. So it doesn't really bother me, but it, sh- it should be should be a good tournament. The only thing I didn't uh, dislike I had was just that little Ever Rise segment where after the Grizzled Young Veterans won their match um, over Rizongo, Ever Rise comes out and they're just. Like they're puffing their chest out, but they really don't want to go and confront Grizzly Young Veterans and um, Aja, the referee. She's like, you know, holding them back, but not really, you know, because they're not, they're not, they don't want to run out there and fight Grizzly Young Veterans. And then she gets kind of frustrated and she just walks out and then they realize, oh, shoot, you know, we, we got to bail because we had no one standing in front of us between us uh, and the Grizzly Young Veterans. I thought that was just poorly executed. It just seemed way too hokey. Gaga, but it's just I'd rather just have like Ever Rise like as Grizzly Young Veterans wins their match, they're heading back up the ramp and they're maybe cutting a promo to the camera on the floor, and then as they're as they're cutting that promo to the floor, it pops in the back is an Ever Rise backstage promo with um, Mackenzie. And she's interviewing him, and they're just talking trash, and they're just talking. Yeah, we if it was us, we would if if we if we were in that match, we would have wiped the mat with the Grizzly Young Veterans, etc. We can wipe the match any of these teams here in NXT, blah, blah blah. And as like then you cut back to like the Grizzly Young Veterans are watching the big screen still and seeing them talk trash, and they're like, well, screw, it, let's go get these guys. Mm-hmm. And as like you know, then you go back to the interview backstage with Ever Rise and McKenzie. And then you see Grizzly Young kind of fly through. They kind of like shove McKenzie <laughs> into uh, into uh, one of the Grizzly Young veterans. And then you just bail off or something like that. I thought that, that would have been more, a little more creative take on this. Cause just, I just didn't like the execution of it. I just thought it was like, mm-hmm. eh. But other than that, yeah. like those are the only two things that, that Bronson Reed match, which is tough for me to say because I really like Bronson Reed. Just, I don't, yeah. It wasn't there. It wasn't him or... It was just the booking of the match. And then that's that segment. Other than that, I thought, like I said, I thought everything was pretty strong. All right. So looking at next week, which is one of the bigger weeks of the head to head on a New Year's smash, you have Omega and Phoenix. You have Sheeta and Abaddon and Sheeta better have like some stitches or something on her neck. I'm sure she'll have uh, like a, a bandage or something. You have Hager and Wardlow. You have Young Bucks and SCU versus The Acclaimed and TH2. I wonder... Uh, so so did you know about this uh, this storyline they're doing with SCU? Because you don't... I know you're not watching I, Dark. I'm yeah, not watching they Dark. They lose, they re- retire or something like that. Or they split up as a team forever or something like that, right? Chris Daniels is holding them down, man. I think I think it's interesting. I just wish I would have seen it on TV. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I that that seems like a pretty big stipulation that you'd want to put on your television show, right? So yeah, that was weird. Cody Rhodes and Matt Seidel. I don't know why. Did I miss something? Why we're having this match? Aren't they both kind of baby faces? Well, you know, I just think this is a match to have Cody on the big show, right? So. Mm-hmm. 
Return of John Moxley, so he will explain himself uh, and hopefully uh, let Kenny Omega know that they're going to do another match probably next month. So we'll see the beginning of that. Uh, And then Snoop Doggy Dog is on commentary, which should be fun, though... I don't know how on the script he is going to be. So <laughs> they, they, okay, but can you imagine Snoop Dogg and good old Jr. Like I hope, I just hope Excalibur like sits out the entire segment that Snoop Dogg is on, because um, <laughs> I think we're gonna hear a lot of faux show and yeah, you know, he he might partake. He might be partaking in the four twenty. Oh yeah, so he might just Absolutely. be chilling. He might just be chilling. You know. Absolutely. So there was a there was a moment on the AW show, and. Uh, it was uh, John Silver's his gear that uh, he was in the match, um, and and he had the he had the gear that was made him look like little Brody Lee, and then when he took off like the coat and everything, Jr. and Jericho were kind of like dissing his gear a little bit. Jr. like I think said he looked like a farmer, <laughs> and so Excalibur had to do the. Well, actually, he didn't say well, actually, but he did that. Well, actually, the gear was given by Brody Lee. And JR is like, yeah, we know. He looks like a farmer, though. <laughs> so you could, I could sense, you know, I could sense the, uh, the, uh, the gene, you know, the, of course, of course, Excalibur, you know everything. I could sense that a little bit in, in JR. <laughs> kind of funny it was funny I, I i got a kick out of it i don't know if anyone else got a kick out of it uh there was another moment too where i think it was just um you know how they always do like coming up next week and they're previewing the card right but then the graphic goes right to like the main event which is the you know cody and 10 and orange cassie versus the team Taz, right but like excalibur's like still in his like talking about the card for next week but then that graphic goes up so that's jr's cue to be like all right the main event comes up next and then like the graphic leaves and like and the actor was like yeah he's like he didn't get to finish his pump is it yeah so he's like <laughs> it was like a kind of a mess and they could tell like jr's like all right dude like just let me finish it off kind of thing <laughs> it was just kind of and, and then 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 felt like oh, then he, the main event's next like he had to like try it was just, it was just that was kind of hilarious and i didn't mean jericho I don't know. He he. I don't know why he's. For me, I don't think I didn't find him that was that entertaining on that um, this show at least. I it, think, was I think just, it was an interesting decision, right? Because it's a serious show, very serious show, and I think he's there to kind of break it up a little bit so mm-hmm. that it can also be happy. And there were moments where I thought he did a really good job at that, but there were other moments where it seemed a little forced. And it was like, okay, now what you're doing is you're reminding me that we have storylines that we have to remember when I when I don't want to remember any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that was it was it was a hard one. I, I don't I don't really I don't you know Jericho's a professional, and he's generally a pretty fun person to have in that uh, in that booth. And I don't really blame him because that was like a really hard job. I think he had the hardest job out of everybody because. You know, Excalibur's just calling the matches. He's calling the moves. He's talking a little bit about, you know, some of the indie stuff that he was close to. And JR is kind of calling the bigger picture. And Tony's just there to like, you know, you're watching wrestling with your uncle. (laughs) And so Jericho was the one that was a little bit of the odd man out. And so I thought he did a really good job in some instances and other instances, maybe 
yeah, maybe pull back a little bit, Chris. So the 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 funniest thing I thought is Britt Baker is doing this interview, right? Oh yeah, I got that. I, got, I know you're going with. Yep. And so she's setting up the the big rig line, and so there, there's a little bit of a, of a build up to this line. You know, she's cutting this promo, and she her punchline is big rig. And Jericho beats her to the punchline by about five seconds. I was like, Chris, what are you doing? You just stepped on her line. Yeah, like I, everyone I, knew she was going there. I felt That's like, exactly where she was going. What are you doing? I, I felt like <laughs> I felt like like he wrote the joke <laughs> for her. That's what I took out of that. Like, did he give her that joke and felt like she was gonna botch it so he like had to finish it for her or it was just or it was just an old joke well no it's not an old joke because big rig i guess they called him that or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that you was his, one of his names one of his uh is a uh, yeah is a uh, monikers um it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> oh jericho he was just it was, it was i was just like like it was one of those things where jericho it's like that Thought person he was you're trying to tell a story and they just jump in. And exactly. then the tire exactly. was flat. Like, thanks, exactly. asshole. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. He was like, he. I had never seen someone mansplain a joke like that. <laughs> Poor Brit's just sitting there. This is her moment. It's like she's got this witty thing and he just jumps all over it. I was like, come on, Chris. I guess, that was funny. I guess she had to get that promo, that joke in or something. <laughs> but it wasn't really a joke. It was just like another honoring thing. But whatever. It's just, yeah. it's harmless. It's but yeah, I I, I did <laughs> I did see that. It's pretty funny. So uh so we have New Year's Evil. Um I guess uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, uh, WCW Monday Nitro they did a special episode on the December 27th, 1999 episode of Nitro, and they also called it New Year's Evil. Huh, gosh. And I know it's a, I know New Year's Evil is also a movie that uh, that came out, I don't, know, I don't know how long ago, but this is like a mini takeover. Oh, yeah. I, it's, a, it's a strong card. Yeah. I mean, from, you know. It is takeover, basically, in my opinion. Rate, you know, rate, we, we talk about the ratings, and this week, like... I mean, I don't, I don't know that they'll be analyzed v- very much because of the situation. Um, from what I've heard, AEW did a, a really strong number. I haven't heard NXT's number, but next week, I do think I don't. I don't think NXT is going to win the uh, eighteen to forty nine, but I do think NXT has an opportunity to either really get close or maybe even edge AEW on the overall audience because. This is a dynamite show. At, at, I didn't even mean to say it that way. But this is a great card on paper. You have Finn Balor against Kyle O'Reilly, main event for the NXT Championship. It's a rematch of, uh, I think the I think it was the NXT match of the year, or, or the first one, right? Was that match of the year? It, it when they was, were doing the when they were doing was, the awards. Then when I saw like what was going to be on the match of the year, I'm like, they have to pick that match because they got to build yeah. up next week, right, right? Right. Which which I'm okay with because that's what I would do if I was booking it, right? You, but you you did but, you like the Walter match better? Yeah, I, yeah, me personally, but it's still one of the best matches in the company's this year in 2020 yeah, was that absolutely. match. So that's def, def, definitely. I, I think both, I think both of those matches are better than anything that was on the main roster. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, personally, yeah, I think so, too. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, no, no. Yeah, that match is I want to see what they're going to do, you know, coming out of this, you know, because 
They did a lot last match, so they're, I'm sure they're going to play off the the the, the jaw of Finn Balor, how he has plates in there, and um, they might play off more of the the you know the the liver shot again or something like that to mm-hmm. Kyle O'Reilly. So we'll see we'll see what they do this this time around. I, I mean, those guys are so good. I I can't imagine it being. Nothing but a really damn good match, right? At the, I mean, it's worse, but shit. Yeah, it's so, gonna be so this is kind of what we were dreaming of when we first saw that they were going to go head to head. And when we first started reviewing these shows, we were like, okay, this is going to be the thing for our uh, our podcast as we're going to you know really talk about these shows because it's a Wednesday night war all over again. And this is the kind of week that we were dreaming of when we were thinking about how they were going to compete. On paper, this is a better card than the AEW show. We'll, we'll see AEW, you know, generally beats them in the ratings, but this is like this is a really strong card. And the only thing, and I, I've I've been consistent with this before, so I'm not speaking out of turn here, but the only thing that's going to frustrate me is that there's going to be commercial breaks or they're going to go to picture in picture. And I'm just like, no, I'm going to watch this match without any distraction or interruption. And I know that's not the game. That's not the game, but just selfishly, that's the thing that it's going to frustrate me when I, when I'm watching these, you know, these really good matches, like there's not a bad match on the five match card for, uh, for new year's evil. Well, uh, you know, Rick flair and Rick Steamboat from clash champions had a good commercial break. So just something we do with, you know, as we watch television and AEW's going to go through the same thing, right? I mean, Phoenix Absolutely. and Omega got to take commercial breaks or go through commercial breaks. It's going to be that picture and picture stuff, which I just fast forward to. 90, I know I do. Too. 99% that's the point. Of the time. Yeah. That's the thing. It less loot up a little bit for me. The spirit of loot does tell me I got to watch something. Cause something really bad's about to happen. You know, I don't know why loot does <laughs> always tells me, to watch some bad shit. <laughs> uh, Karen Cross, Damien Priest. I I love the matchup. I just know that you know if if by some crazy happening Damien Priest wins this match, it'll probably be the most excited I'll have been in a uh, watching a wrestling match in, in quite some time. But I have a feeling. I think most people think Karen Cross is going to win. He's in the mix. He should. But I would just. I would love to see Damian Priest win a match. I don't think they should beat Karrion Cross though, because they built him up so well. He should. He Karrion sh- Cross should be the winner if you're booking this. That is the result, unless they have something else planned. Um, but I would. I mean, I would book Karrion Cross over. But I would also have some kind of shenanigans with Scarlett getting involved. You know, somehow, some way to cost. Priest a match, and because this could be not just a one and done deal, that could be you can come back with it too, right? So, so then we have Raquel and Rhea. What do you think of the last women standing stip for this one? Um, it needs a big stip, so I think that's they already had a regular match, which was really good. Didn't they have um, a cage match already, too? No, she had a cage match Mercedes. That's who it was. Uh, no, they, they had a, a single match at TakeOver, which was, like I said, really good. So this time they needed to stay. But I think a last man or last woman, <laughs> last woman match standing, um, it fits. Definitely. You know, look, it, it's going to be. I, I feel Raquel is going to win it. I mean, I think they're really building her up for a big match with with EO eventually. Uh, I don't know. Rhea going to lose again? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it might, you know, Rhea won the first one, right? So mm-hmm. 
if they do another one after this, they you know she can win that one. Um, but I think it might be time for Raquel. Raquel needs something. If she she loses this one and then she, and then she loses the one before, it's not not going to help her out. So, okay, I mean, but uh, technically, let let's say let let let's say that Raquel. I, I mean, I don't know how you do this, but she you know she's if they're pushing her to EO, losing to Rhea would actually set up a match for when Raquel wins, like then you could do the third match. But if she loses to Rhea, then how does she qualify for that title match is the problem. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or if Raquel wins, this one gets a title shot with EO. You know, that's if EO survives Mercedes and also Tony storm. EO has a lot of challenges set up for her. I think the booking for EO has been really, really strong. They don't need EO on this show, mm-hmm. which is a good thing that, you know, they can save her big title match for, Either those two on tel- on the regular show, quote unquote. Um, you know, theoretically, if you do beat Rhea, she could get screwed, or not necessarily screwed, but there could be something where Io does come down and accidentally gets involved and and causes Rhea to lose, and then that title match could actually be a three way, and Raquel could still win mm-hmm. in a three way. Yeah, uh, that's would- kind of what they do in these cases sometimes, but. I don't know. I, I, I you know, I, I'm just wondering how Eo's going to show up on the show. I just don't know how yet. I would like this. I would like the Raquel to kind of go over pretty strong here. I think she's on. She's had some really good momentum going, and I don't know. We'll see. You're right. I mean, I think they've they've done stuff like that before in the past. So, but I, I kind of you know, Raquel seems to be on a on a a really big ascent and I don't know. I'm just so impressed with she's that. Great. Girl. She looks great. It's she like, look- she's, you know, she's one of the most improved people mm-hmm. as far as character is concerned that, uh, that you've seen this year. Yeah, it's, they- been, it's been a nice surprise to see how well she's done. And maybe, I don't know, you know, actually with EO now with has Mercedes and Tony storm has a win over, um, Rhea. So she has a title shot too coming. Yeah. Um, EO could be busy for a while. Raquel could get in a feud with someone you know, else for a little while, or you know, you know, she can go off to Ember maybe and win, defeat Ember, or I don't know what you could do. You might want to say that if Raquel does win the championship, either she's going to win the out t- takeover sometime down the line. I think Raquel's going to get the belt. I think that match, I think, impressed a lot of people with Rhea, you know, on that first takeover. So I think, and she looked great in War Games. Yeah, yeah, she's been she's been killing it. So I think she's she's been one of them, she's been one of my favorite stories of 2020 for sure. I've just seen her 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 rise from just being a bodyguard, you know, starting the year off to you know being one of the top you know top girls in the company. Also, Ciampa and Thatcher in a fight pit match. Mm-hmm. So we saw that uh, I think it was Matt Riddle's last NXT match, right? Yeah. It was in the fight pit. Yeah, I love that match. Yeah, um, that was his last match. With this one, I think Thatcher needs to win. Uh, especially after the the horrible booking, the you know last week, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Thatcher needs a big win here, and then you know he this is this should be it. And I think this would, I would love the the fact that this would be something. This should be Thatcher's match that he always wins. Um, he should win a bunch of these until it finally means something for him to lose. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. Like it'd I don't be know, really nice to see him win this match. I, mean, I don't know if I see him them ever going. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Regal would love it. Like him as the world the NXT champion, I mean, I would get it. I would. I think he'd do a great job. Um, but I can. It'd be cool. Like someone ever beat him, and they, they ever beat him for a championship in that match. You know. Mm-hmm. 
Then Santos Escobar and Grand Metalik is the last of the five matches that I see on this card. I don't know if there's going to be anything else. There might be something. Oh, there's no pre-shows on TakeOver. Um, <laughs> there's no tag match, huh? Yeah, unless unless that is... I mean, I'm using the Wikipedia mm-hmm. as, as the, the card because I couldn't find anything. Um, I think this is a card. I really do think this is a card, but... Um, I'm gonna look on the NXT website. It was all it was all singles matches, which is interesting. Then there's some gimmick matches there, but um, I I know Oni and um, Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch really don't have contenders set up yet because their 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 contenders are gonna come during the Dusty Classic. So I guess that mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, yeah. Okay. You don't see a card on the NXT website, which is kind of weird. Um, lots of stuff about the last show though. They had a really good like v- uh, video, like pumping up the card, not the whole card, but they made they featured on the top three big matches on the show. I thought that was really good, well done too. It was really quick. It was like you know, like a like a really good commercial basically, and mm-hmm. it was like you know, Finn O'Reilly, Rhea and Raquel, you know, Cross and Priest. It was just like, oh man, shit. You know, this is feels feels major so yeah I'm, I'm pumped for next next week i'm pumped for both shows actually i think both shows are gonna be solid i imagine that uh, you and justin and jd will talk about this a little bit more on our uh, patreon podcast about japanese wrestling called high tension which is one of our uh, five daily podcasts monday through friday high tension shows up uh, wednesday morning uh, and you know, but just any anything you're looking for when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom? Um, Jeff Cobb and Shingo. Um, that's yeah, night two. Match. Um, I I I'm curious to see the fi- the finish of the finals, the last main event of uh, Ibushi Naito. Um, and my main thing is the end of the night. I want to see how who walks away with the title. I think it's an interesting storyline. I hope they don't. Do the one day quick, you know, one day night, yeah, you know, championship. I don't, I don't think they, you know, fans are. I think fans are wanting, you know, Ibushi as the IWGP champion. They want to see mm-hmm. a long run with him. I don't think twenty twenty one is the chase for him. You know that that story, but um, I think it's. I think this is a good two night two night show to really cement him as the top guy in the company. Be awesome, but um, yeah, that's that I'm looking forward to the most. Those, those and just you know, you know, personally, just you know, Jeff and Shingo because of you know they've had great matches in the past, and Shingo's never beat Jeff. So will they continue that story or not? It's you know, it, now now we are biased, uh, but Jeff is he, he's on. A, he, he, people are feeling Jeff right now, and for all the reasons why we thought he was going to be really good but now you know with with will and you know according to uh our buddy alan forel he's like you guys are thinking that the great Ocon is is not going to be a, a player i think he's going to be a player so i'm going to trust alan alan really you know he he's he, he's kept up with uh the, the the japanese stuff for so long and it was really my go-to guy when it came to what was going on and alan thinks that you know that New Japan is not getting behind him for no reason whatsoever, and he thinks that is actually going to be a good character. So, 
great Ocon, will osprey jeff you know that feels kind of hot as a as a stable so i'm you know like i like i said i think he i think people are feeling jeff and they're kind of getting into him in the same way that you know we had been we've been talking about him on this show for the last three years well on high tension we talked about i i talked about um why i think jeff should win because the empire or the what they call the empire the kingdom mm-hmm. the empire right yeah, yeah, they they need to be, they need something to keep their momentum going. They just got formed right as a as a group. So, uh, you know, Jeff winning the Never Title will give him something to kind of give keep that momentum going. So that's why I think, and I think Shingo, the story of Shingo never beating Jeff Cobb is, is a great story going into like a G one or or the New Japan Cup where if they faced again, you know, that's when Shingo can get that big win or or you know regains the Never Title down the line or something like mm-hmm. that. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, last little bit here for for this show and we're, we're going a little shorter this week um but thoughts of what you would like to see in pro wrestling in, in 2021 oh. why don't you set me up this a text earlier man i thought i did i thought i said you know we'll talk about like pro wrestling resolutions or something did i not send that i don't know Okay, I'll start. So, so I'll yeah, give you yeah, a little bit thanks. of a chance to think. So, obviously, I think the easy one is like you know, once this pandemic is over and we can get more fans and 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 all that, like that's that goes without saying. I think what I would like out of twenty twenty one, and I don't know how big of a shift this is, but I only hope that a younger talent on the main roster in WWE catches fire. I don't know who it would be. Somebody who, you know, is not already uh, on TV too much. And, and, you know, somebody new, whether it comes from NXT, probably, uh, but someone just catches fire. And then Vince gets it in his mind, like, oh, this is the key to us doing good television again is, you know, we need to heat up some young guys. Like, I feel like, they sort of understand that. And then he just goes, you know what? Like, this is just not going to work. And he gets mad and he changes his mind. <laughs> but if what, if somebody does actually catch fire and you see the movement, whether it's in the ratings or, or whatever, then the, the information is there and he can't then pull it back and go, well, this is not going to work because it's already worked. So I don't even know if it needs to be like a really uh, gigantic, you know, thing, but I would love to see, he 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 pushes somebody for a short time. They catch fire. All of a sudden, they're the talk of you know wrestling Twitter and everything. And then he gets the little bug in his in his head that goes, "Oh, well, maybe we just need to do this with a couple of other guys." And, there, and there's just a little bit of a change of philosophy there because, man, I you know that main roster has so has so much talent and NXT. There's like three or four or five or six or seven people who are just like ready to go for that main roster. And I just want to see some movement, man. I want to see somebody new. I want to see somebody I can get behind. Like, you know, I thought it, I, I didn't think it was going to be Keith Lee. I had trepidation immediately, but I said, I think I said on this show, if they push Keith Lee correctly and he becomes somebody, I'll, I'll watch main roster television again. And he's been sort of in, you know, upper mid card, but not not really doing fantastically. And I know the report was out there that, you know, maybe Vince wasn't too happy with his wrestling game. But still, I want to see them 
just give somebody a shot so that I feel inspired to watch that TV show again. That's my one. That's my first hope and resolution for for pro wrestling in 2021. Yes, yeah, actually, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm, that's probably kind of what I'm thinking too. I want to see better story telling from the main roster of WWE. Um, I want to see, yeah, like you know, new talents being pushed, and you see, I'm sure they're going to have to come from NXT. So I can see. I think 2021 is a year that probably Rhea does finally go up, right? And which I don't want to see her go up. I, I kind of selfishly like her in NXT, but like if she sometime in the year 2021 goes up, I hope they really get behind her. And I think she could be a one that could, you know, get things moving. And then at the same time that that could add to more younger talent or more fresher talent being brought up and, and featured instead of just kind of, pushed back before they get to push forward for some reason. They, mm-hmm. I don't understand mm-hmm. that philosophy. It's like, it's like they got to pay their dues all over again or earn their spot all over again. It's yeah. like, no, I mean, that's, you're that's not being gifted this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the way their, their television is, even though their television on SmackDown has been strong, I thought, you know, um, I kind of curious now to check out this week's after last week after we, you know, I, wa- I only watched those two matches, but yeah, same time, a two hour show, fast forward commercials, not a, not a, not a long watch or yeah, I might, I might, I might sometime during this weekend, check it out. So, but like for raw, you know, maybe someone like, you know, could catch on, like you say, so I'm, I'm with you on that. And then, by the way, you did text me that I just looked at my <laughs> and, uh, so I'm not being lazy and just agreeing with yours. I, I'm with you on that because that's what, you know, we talk about all the time. Like, you know, now that, you know, you and I, you know, you have a family, I have a family and we're working and it's not like before where we could just sit down and watch all this stuff anytime. Right. And so our time is very limited and I love to make time for NXT and AEW, not just for, not just for the podcast. Cause we're, that's what we're doing, but like, you know, it's an entertaining night of wrestling. I want it to where I have to feel like I have to watch Raw again. I have to feel like I watch SmackDown again. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to get to where, where Raw is, you know, must see TV for me again, you know? So, and, um, and I agree with you. I, I like to see someone new, someone fresh that Vince finally says, yes, let's go 100% with this. Like, you know, once he felt Rostin was getting hot, let's go 100% with this. You know, I know rock and Austin are just different level, but I'm just saying, you know, but you had to, you still have to get a, that opportunity to them. Right. And give them that, that opportunity. So, you know, I think, and we can actually we can actually tease this actually yeah. because we're we're gonna start reviewing 1997 Raw starting Monday in our our fight game podcast Patreon version show, and and you know what one thing I I watched uh, I I kind of watched the last month of the the end of 96 too I just kind of had it on because I wanted to be fresh with with what's going on. There are just as many run-ins. Oh yeah, <laughs> on uh, on Raw as we see in wrestling today, and the main difference is just the superstars. That their level is just so much higher than the top performers today. So that's really the difference. Uh, you know, you know, nine nine ninety seven. You know, I'm I'm sure we're gonna see some really really good fun and hot stuff. But like when I just looked at it from that perspective of like. There's a run-in in just about every single match, which is what I get frustrated with today. But I think the reason why back then 
it wasn't as frustrating is because the star power was so high. Like, you know, Brett, Sean, Sid, Austin, Vader, Undertaker, all at the top of the card. And is there anybody who's at that level on all of the shows today? Um, You know, Roman, Roman would be the closest, I guess. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think AJ would still be a step down. I think Drew is sort of bubbling, but maybe, you know, it would be a step down as well. Omega Moxley are probably a, a one step down from that. So that's really the difference, right? Is getting somebody over. And then we kind of forgive some of this other stuff because somebody is hot as hell. Yeah. And just look at like WWE in 97 so raw is like there is the main show and so it's an hour once a week it's an hour that we're seeing all these run-ins so we're not really like over like over the overwhelmed by it to where now we have five hours a week of just main main roster wwe tv right where the same kind of stuff happens on both shows really right like same kind of wonky finishes etc so i think that's also too we're just kind of like there's we're so overexposed at wrestling i mean five hours is a lot to watch just just at the main roster now if you throw anything else in there you're like holy shit you know it's like where do we have the time so yeah so i'm i i'm pumped to do our you know the patreon podcast and on the you know 97 raw because a lot of that stuff for some odd reason i don't remember I, I almost don't remember any of it, which not, is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, which is which I make which makes me excited. Yeah, and I know '97 was the year I got into wrestling, uh, just volunteering at APW. So I was getting my like January of '97 is when I really started, you know, going to shows. APW started volunteering soon in the springtime, and get started getting learning this the business and hearing stuff and. And then, yeah, my education started in 97. So I think I was so focused on APW that I did watch 97, but more APW memories in 97 are kind of in my head than actually main roster or WWF stuff or even WCW stuff. Yeah, I think my memory will come back more towards WrestleMania time and then again towards SummerSlam time because I was, you know, I'm 21 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm in college and I'm doing stuff that college people would do. I wasn't really running home to watch Monday night raw or nitro. Yeah. I, you know, I catch a lot of it, but I w- it wasn't like I wasn't making sure that I was watching everything back then. Yes. Yes. I mean, I know I was watching everything, but for some reason it's just this, it's like a blank. Maybe because, maybe because the Montreal screwdriver just overshadows everything in 97. Probably. WWF, yeah. Which could also be one of the reasons. All right. My one, hope for 2021 when it comes to the AEW side is you know they've been they've been throwing a lot of darts trying to figure out what is going to elevate them to that next level of audience and and my worry is that we're, we're basically working with the same audience no matter how good the show is no matter if Sting comes out no matter if you know whoever is the next person that comes out i i'm not sure that we have created much new audience and i'm not even sure this day and age uh how how easy that's going to be for mm-hmm. them now we'll see you know if if not for the pandemic 
you, you probably could have because they were going to have that war games or that match beyond show that was probably going to be their, you know, their biggest show ever. So it's possible when, when, again, when fans come back, but in this current era, I think it's just so hard for them. My one hope is that they find whatever the one thing is and it does adjust that new normal and it also adjusts what their current peak audience is in a head-to-head with NXT because I see them trying different things and I know Chris Harrington and Tony Khan they're you know they're looking at at ratings very closely and they're trying to figure out you know what it what is the thing that we need um and so i hope that they you know even if it's a small adjustment even if it's that you know an extra um you know if you go from let's say their normal show is eight hundred thousand, maybe you just go to 825 or 850 what i just want to see some incremental rise for for what they're trying to do because I think it, uh, it, it, it will continue to, um, they'll continue to, I think they're going to, they're going to be fine. I, I just want to see them get some successes for all of the things that they're trying. Maybe it's going to be this Kenny Omega over the top character no. that, that, that can, that can launch <laughs> it, really you know, it a little bit. <laughs> well, I know. And, and he's not, he's not a tremendous, uh, ratings draw quite yet either. So, but, but that's, that's also an experiment in the character, right? Like they're trying, this new thing with him when i don't know i kind of liked the baby face new japan kenny omega i thought that would have been a good a good try for uh, yeah me too you know so but you know who knows but I, th- that's the one thing i hope for them i hope that they they find some adjustment where you know their new normal is a little bit higher than what they've been dealing with yeah i mean for me with aw you just want to see them tighten up their ship with you know, creatively and matches and uh, get some of those agents to actually wake up and actually agent <laughs> and, um, you know, and just kind of clean up some of the, the, the wrestling. They got talent for sure. They just got to clean up the matches in my opinion. And, and then I'll be happy for me. So, uh, but yeah, I, and I hope uh, just a 2021 is a happy and healthy year for everyone and yeah uh, hopefully yeah. We, we'll be back been, to normal sometimes everyone's been later. through a lot man yeah what a, what a great what a, i mean if we're gonna look back on this in five years and go oh my god like this is how did we you know how did we do it how did we all just you know just just deal with this thing mm. it's gonna seem so much bigger in, in the rearview mirror i know we we buried the lead actually happy new year to everybody thanks for hanging out with us for this uh for this time and you know, honestly, for this show, um, I, I, we, we produce so much content in this feed, especially over the summer when the G1 happened. And I don't know, I was just on a like rampage doing all kinds of different interviews and we were coming back multiple times. And, you know, we really did build on top of our audience. So I hope, you know, we're pulling back a little bit because now we're really focused on, on the Patreon, but we're going to, we're going to do some, you know, some special things for the Patreon when it comes to, you know, giving out free months and stuff. Uh, I think we're going to probably start doing that pretty soon, both on this show and on the two jabronis show. We're going to give out some, uh, some memberships to, to folks who are interested and, you know, just haven't, haven't decided whether or not they want to subscribe. So keep on a lookout from that, both in the Twitter feed and uh, just on our show. We'll give you some instruction and how to do that when we figure that out. But, uh, you know, overall, I know it's been a really 
poor year for, for everybody. And I, I get it. I, I want to um, say that I am with you. I've felt it as well. But for this show, you know, I think we, we've done some things with the time, you know, to try and be a little bit more creative and to try and create a, uh, something that people, you know, maybe we helped, you know, folks kind of deal with with it gave him a little bit of entertainment here for for hour hour and a half but overall i just want to say thanks to the audience for being there with us and hanging out with us and hopefully you know we'll, we'll give you something to smile about something to think about over uh, 2021 because we're we're full steam ahead where you're even doing more shows you know you're doing just as many shows as i am these days i know there's a lot a lot of content and um pump for high tension this week coming up we're talking about shinye hashimoto so for the patreon listeners out there if you want to join patreon we're going to talk about that japanese uh, wrestling legend and i'm um, working my way getting quotes from people who've worked on uh worked, worked with uh shinye hashimoto not just in the ring but also for zero one etc nice so it's uh we dive deep with uh justin nipper and jd oliva we're just kind of like justin's is a just I love hearing about because you know he lived in Japan and this is his baby like he like he I remember when he told me the idea he's like okay I wanted this different show and this was going to be and I was like dude just do it just like whatever you want to do like I know this is a a passion a passion project for him and I know he likes talking to you guys about it and uh I was just surprised I was he's like oh we're gonna get John on I was like, you sure? Like, like John's going to do, an, like, you, you guys are going to find the time. Like John's going to be able to do another. I was like, yeah, he's like, I was, he's like, he's like, he's fired up. I was like, oh shit, go for it. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try my best to be on that, you know, as much weeks as I can. And obviously, you know, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, JD's on the East coast, you know, where JD, yeah. Justin and I are yeah. on the West coast. Yeah, totally. And of course, you know, totally. me, I, you know, and the time I need to record at. So it's, it's, uh, we try to make the time as best as possible. You know, when we one of the things that I do want to say as we get out of here for this week, when we are able to go do stuff again, um, you know, I, I do want to get out there and because I I I'm trying to think if I've ever met Justin in person. The only time I think I would have ha- would have done it is if he went to any of like the WrestleMania weekend. So I'm not sure if if we have or not. I don't think so. But Portland is not that far from us so um you know when when we're all well and good we're you know, there's gonna be a time where you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and hang out with justin and we'll record some stuff in person because i really want to mm-hmm. he and i have been in touch a lot this year and uh, i really i really want to just go hang out with that dude and buy him dinner he's, he's been such a great help oh, for yeah. us wrestlemania Rus- los angeles is not too far away so that's gonna be you know you know that, 15 months yeah if that ever happens and the world's you know safer and everything and you know it's, it's always a great meeting spot for a lot of people you know it's, it's been nice to meet all these people like jd and justin and um brian burke i've talked to a lot robert silva you know mm-hmm. um all these connections you make but all it's all been online and just mm-hmm. but you know we talk it's like everyone communicates you know, the fight game family has been really you know the community has been awesome so it's grown a lot since we first decided to create the podcast yeah. <laughs> facebook group <laughs> yeah definitely but, so yeah and then and then you know we, we we've got a lot of writers now we're working on the patreon with a lot of great 
people that I enjoy working with and, you know, full steam ahead. We're going to, we're going to try some stuff this year. I think it'll be a blast. We may get into a little bit more video. You may see John and I doing like a, a live show, <laughs> live YouTube thing. Oh, no, wait, what's in the, gosh, are you, Danny, are you going to show a contract now? <laughs> <laughs> just, just a test. We I got to see how this stuff works. I, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, the, the YouTube channel is actually, give me a few months. A I got to lift the weights. I got to just gas <laughs> up, you know, and, um, gotta get on the good shit and then we'll, we'll yep. be on it yeah yep. <laughs> all right all right so uh, so we'll get out of here check us out on the patreon if you are a subscriber we're gonna begin monday night raw 1997 the beginning uh of the year all the way through the end of what it, what many say is you know creatively one of the greatest years in wwe history so that'll be a lot of fun um so for john i'm double g we will see you when we see you peace out